Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the Movie Marathoners podcast. I'm your host, Mati, and because I am an absolute piece of shit, joining me for a review today are my two male friends, Ian Anderson and Johnny Kemps. How are we doing tonight? So good. Yeah, really excited to be here on this all-male podcast to talk about Birds of Prey. You just ruined it. Nobody knew what we were going to watch today. <laughs> just like you guys didn't know you're both going to wear the exact same outfit tonight. Oh. Oh, wow. We actually are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both, yeah. Wow. Running shoes and all. Well, that's because we are on Synergy today because we just did a workout and you weren't invited. Yeah. So. We're super fit. Oh. Yeah. We're like really fit. How are your legs feeling? That's Ian? so cool because uh, I've been making money. My, my so legs are I. actually feeling pretty tired, to be honest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we did hills today. I, it, it's like, it was like a half workout, kind of. It right? felt like a full workout at some points. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't. I mean, we kind of like jogged up a hill three times, so that was cool. Yeah, but, but it got hard at the top of the hill. Yeah, it did get hard. Basically, you should be jealous and we're going to crush you in the marathon. Most Johnny. likely. Yeah, yeah. Just on the yep. hill, though. Yeah, for those of you keeping track at home, Johnny and Ian are running the Boston Marathon with me. And at the time of recording, which is Wednesday, February 19th, we are 61 days out. Woo! Crunch time, right? Oh, yeah. baby. Uh, so we are in full training mode right now, but we did have time to, you know, gorge ourselves on some popcorn and watch. Do you guys know the full the name of this movie? Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah. Well, you know, they actually changed the name of this. They, they didn't actually change the name they said, of it, but During the title sequence of the movie, yeah, they, they said what I just said. They didn't actually yeah, change the name But if you Google it, it's called Harley Quinn Birds of Prey now. Yeah. Because, well, we'll get into why. Because, but, uh, okay. So this week, we'll be running through DC's Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. That is the last time I'm going to say the entire title. The, mm. enti- the entire title. Since the film has been out for a couple of weeks now, we will just do a short warm-up and give our spoiler-free thoughts on the film very briefly, and then for the bulk of the episode, we'll be running into spoiler territory where we can talk freely about the film. As usual, we'll round out the episode with our point two section where we discuss what else we've been watching. So first, let's read a synopsis of Burbs of Prey. After splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya, Kind of generous to call her a superhero, but All that's of fine. Superheroes. Yeah. I was gonna say, wait, I did not know Renee Montoya was some like Justice League level yeah, superhero. I mean, none of them are. <laughs> well, in the beginning, well, at mean, least. Yeah. Um, Ooh, anyways, spoiler. They, they join to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. The film stars Margot Robbie, Journey Smollett, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Rosie Perez, and Ewan McGregor. The film is written by Christina Hudson and directed by Kathy Yan. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. (laughs) It's oh so quiet. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list, is this guy. So peaceful, but it turns out <laughs> that wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. He's after all of us. We can't just rob him. You betrayed him. You killed his BFF. 
What? You are so cool. You never and you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So, unless we all want to die very unpleasant death, we're going to have to work together. So guys, it's kind of weird that we call burbs of prey burbs of prey. That kind of doesn't make sense. Birds. Right? It's birds. Oh, that makes more sense. No, but like, wait, were you, on, were you saying burbs on purpose? Yeah, burbs. That's what they're called. What? Isn't it bird? No, it's burbs. Oh my God, what is happening? What? <laughs> I'm, seriously? Yeah. What do you mean seriously? B-I-R-B-S? Yeah, those are the things that fly in the air. No, they're... Oh, God. Oh my god. <laughs> I think he's messing with you, Johnny. I I think he is too. Yeah, okay. I think, I think I am. But birds oh. of prey, like you don't call anything that's calling them after what they eat, right? We don't call ourselves people of meat when we eat meat. I mean Isn't that kind of weird. I'm vegan. I mean and congratulations. That's, that's my wow. personality. Wow. Enjoy enjoy but going I, to heaven. I mean birds of prey are like a kind of bird, you know? Yeah, but like, why is that what they're called? Oh, you're not just talking about the superhero team. You're no, talking no, about talking like about... birds of prey in general. Yeah, birbs in general. Like, okay. why it means are the they top called... of the food chain. Yeah, but why do we? Why wouldn't they be called like carnivorous burbs or Bur- something? Birds of predator. Yeah, or predatory burbs. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird that. Anyways, <laughs> Ian, let's jump right into it. What do you think <laughs> of birds of prey? Burbs. I really liked it. I I initially was not excited because. Uh, with the very little knowledge that I have of the Birds of Prey from the comic books, I knew that Harley Quinn wasn't a member of it, and I just <laughs> saw this as, like, you know, I, I do really like Harley Quinn, but I saw this as them just, like, being, like, Margot Robbie's great. We have to, like, shoehorn her into whatever we can get her into, and they were like, why not Birds of Prey? And they did that. Um, but it actually worked out, I thought. I, I thought it was really good. Um it took all the best parts of Harley from Suicide Squad and put it into what I think is like my ideal kind of Harley Quinn movie. What do you mean by that? The most Harley that I would want in a movie, I guess. Like this, like I really like Harley Quinn, but I don't necessarily want a movie that's just centered around her. This had enough supporting characters where oh, okay. I, yeah. I like her bouncing off of people and showing how crazy she is when she's like around normal people or normal, I guess, in this world. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, but I think that's where she thrives. You know, not just your not orphan just that's trying like, to kill people, normal people like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. But not like just completely on her own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really good like that. Awesome. Johnny. Surprise me. What were your thoughts on <laughs> Burbs of Prey? I loved it. I mean, that's no secret. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't realize, I don't have like the DC knowledge background of it, so I didn't go into it with the same, I went into it thinking it's like the Harley Quinn, the movie, and the fact that she couldn't have her own movie without the Birds of Prey is interesting to me. Like, I'm not saying she can't, but I, I liked the way that they did it. By introducing the Birds of Prey while also like cashing in on all of the hype that Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn does ha- yeah. have, you know? Oh, okay. So it introduced new characters, like characters that people are less familiar with. Yeah, like I'm not positive if a movie would have worked with just Harley Quinn or just the Birds of Prey. Oh, I love that. But take I, on I it. think that they did really well together like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I totally agree. I loved it. I love Harley Quinn. She's my favorite superhero. She has been for a long time now. I don't follow these superheroes very, like, super intently, but as far as superhero goes, <laughs> she's definitely my favorite. Super. Super intently. Nice. Good pun. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know she's not a superhero, but she's like. No, I mean, she's more of a superhero than Renee Montoya. Or, but, yeah. <laughs> or like anybody else, really, in this movie, except for one notable exception. So, did you, what do you think about Harley Quinn in this movie versus in Suicide Squad? Did you so, see Suicide Squad? Yes. Uh, I liked Suicide Squad. Oh, I God. liked it. No, that's like, like is a very. I'm just kidding. Weak just word for me. Like, yeah. as a passionate man, like, I. You like I grass? I wanted <laughs> you like growing grass. <laughs> I wanted so much more from Harley and Suicide Squad. Like so much more screen time, just a better portrayal, honestly. I thought she was like over the top in a way that didn't get anything done. But in this, she was beautiful, over the top, over the big top circus freak like huh. realness. More puns from this guy. <laughs> oh my god. It was <laughs> and I loved it. I think Margot Robbie did an awesome job. It she, to me, she didn't get old. It didn't get stale with the the kookiness. That's what made the movie for me. Just like the consistent, like Harley Quinn, like look at her at her best. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm proud of Margot Robbie for like bringing it together. Um. Way better than Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. I think like Ian, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie. I was not looking forward to this movie. I was actually really scared that I wasn't going to like it and it was going to be this huge thing where I was going to have to be like, oh, this movie is not good and just I don't understand why everybody likes it so much. But I found it really fun, really entertaining. Mm-hmm. I thought Margot Robbie was better in this than she was in Suicide Squad. Absolutely, I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of her in Suicide Squad, honestly, mainly because in this, I think she's given a lot more to do and she has more personality so that she feels like an actual person mm-hmm. instead of just a Fortnite figure or something that you just like put on like she she actually has characteristics mm-hmm. and personalities and that's part of the thing that I really loved about this film I think also this is the only DC film that doesn't have a shitty third act which was amazing uh, I thought everything tied together really nicely but I do think that of the three of us I'm probably the most negative on the film there are some flaws in this film for sure it's pretty sloppy in the scripts department uh i think the script does do some cool things that i want to you know talk about as we get into spoilers but overall this story is kind of ridiculous and i don't think the film holds together quite as well as it could Mm -hmm. um i also really liked the burbs of prey i thought i loved everything with huntress and yeah Black Canary. Yeah, they were both really cool. So there's a lot to like here. And I thought even the beginning of it was great because it felt like for a while I was just watching it and I thought to myself, oh, this is Suicide Squad, but good with with good characters. And it wasn't a slap job put together by a, a trailer team or something. So there's definitely a vision here and it commits to that vision. And I think that over the top zaniness really works in this film. Well said. Yeah. Suicide Squad was put together by a trailer team, and that's it. I think it literally was. I, that's a great take on it, and well said. But it, yeah. no, it like literally was. <laughs> oh wait, you know this? Yeah, like <laughs> the trailer people that made the first trailer that everybody loved that was in tune to Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah, that was cool, right? That was super cool. And then I think this was around when Batman vs Superman came out, and everybody thought that was shit because it was shit. And then they were like, "Uh oh, we need to <laughs> make them. this more like Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy." And more like the trailer, hey, trailer people, come edit our movie. And they had the trailer people edit their movie. I oh. think that's a thing. Oh, really? my god! I think that's a real thing that happened. That, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> well, at least we have a very solid I mean, reason why we didn't like it. I mean, they took a risk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, we'll try and keep the shitting on the Suicide Squad to a minimum. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, sorry. I'm done. No, wait. Shitting on Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad. We haven't seen the Suicide Squad yet. That's James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Which should not be confused with the 2016 Suicide Squad. Okay. Yeah, there's a new Suicide Squad movie coming out that was directed by the dude who did Guardians of the Galaxy. With what characters? Yes. Yeah. I I think Harley Quinn might be in it. Yeah, I think she is. Who knows, man? What? (laughs) Fucking cares. Who knows? (laughs) Wait, James Gunn. That's not a fashion icon, is it? That's Tim Gunn. I mean, he might be. Oh, that's... Wow. Crazy how much gay knowledge I have. He walks down a runway with a raccoon on his shoulder sometimes. That's that's fashion. (laughs) That is fashion. (laughs) Never Uh, mind. Sorry for the interruption. (laughs) Before we move on into spoilers, I just quickly want to do it like a box office rundown because the movie did come out like two weeks ago at this Mm. point. So it's pretty interesting to talk about. And I think this is a really interesting case and I want to run some questions by you guys. $33 million was the opening weekend of Birds of Prey. Do you know why that's significant? Because it's super low. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so it's the lowest opening for a DC film since Jonah Hex in 2010. Oh, God. I don't know what Jonah Hex is. I don't either. I know he's got a scar on his face. I've never seen the movie. He's a cowboy. Oh, yeah. Is he like a time-traveling cowboy or did I make that up? Yeah, he is. Oh, nice. Awesome. I know. I know stuff. Bounty hunter kind of thing. Anyways, that $33 million opening weekend is 75% smaller than Suicide Squad's opening weekend, which was $133.4 million. So it's not great. There are a couple differences that I want to point out with that. You know, DC still did have some goodwill going into Suicide Squad and it had, you know, Suicide Squad had Will Smith. So that's a huge box office draw. And the trailers for that film were really, really good. And I personally can't say that about this film. And they said Joker was going to be in it. Oh, yeah. But also (laughs) Suicide Squad was PG-13 and this is rated R. So I was trying to think what's... really? Yeah. I did not... You didn't why think do you this think they dropped R? so many f bombs? Oh my god! I know why I like this one so much better. They were gruesome that was, things on this. <laughs> I know, and I was like, "Oh my god, kids are seeing this!" <laughs> no, yeah, no, dude, I'm this so is so happy. This is a, that's why I like. We'll get into it later. Interesting. Okay, so on that track, um, so I was like, "What can we compare this to?" And so I was first was like, "Okay, Joker, R-rated movie." It was ninety-six point two million dollar opening weekend, but I don't think that's comparable. Because, like, literally everybody in the world knows who the Joker is. Mm. So I don't think that's totally fair. So I was that thinking something... for the Joker, then. Well, it, ma- it went on to make a billion dollars. Yeah. So I think, thank God. I think they did okay. So then I was thinking maybe Logan. That's uh, $88.4 million. And then their Kingsman movie, which was an R-rated movie, opened during February. Significantly less well-known than Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm especially uh, at the time of that movie, that made $36.2 million. Wait, was that the first Kingsman or the second? Yeah. Okay. First, first one was thirty six. I know that was a DC. It's not. It's not. It's not, but like it's a comic book-based thing that was R-rated and released in February. So it's a good comparison-ish. Oh, oh I see. Okay. Um, and Harley Quinn made less than that. So not great. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I think the issue that I saw was that the only times I saw anything about the Birds of Prey movie was when I went on YouTube and looked up the trailer or I watched the Hot Ones episode with Margot Robbie on it. Oh my god, the ho- I was talking about the Hot Ones today with my manager. Yeah, it was, like pre- it was pretty good. Was like- and like the whole cast was on it too, but like 
I feel like that and the trailers that I saw on YouTube were the only things for Birds of Prey that I saw. I feel like I saw quite a bit. Really? Like tra- yeah. like on TV or like... I mean, I don't watch TV anymore, okay. but there was a trailer before the Super Bowl and stuff, wasn't there? Was there? Yes, I, okay. that's actually where I found out about it. I don't keep in touch. I <laughs> I live under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah, so, so far it's at 145.6 million worldwide, and Variety estimates that it needs to gross 250 to $300 million to break even, which... Ooh is bullshit there's no way it needs to make that much because it's going to get money back with marketing and toys and shit yeah like so but anyways not a great thing do you think burbs of prey was best suited as an r-rated film Yeah. or do you think it would have made more money as pg-13 it would have probably made more money as pg-13 just based on like sheer marketing the number that's not necessarily audience well okay fair yes i I think it could have done better as pg-13 I don't really understand why it was R. Not in the sense that what was in the movie shouldn't be marked as R, but I don't think it there was yeah. much that was added to the movie that if we took it away, it yeah. would have been any worse. Yeah. Which is interesting why, I, why, Johnny, you said that you think that it was better because it was rated R. Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought it was rated PG-13 because I go into every like superhero type comic movie and think that it's probably PG-13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think really it's... Deadpool had to be rated R. I disagree with that because I like, think it could have worked. His language is so iconic of just... But they I could, they could they have done something it. like comic booky and he could have gotten like pissed off at them for censoring him or something. They could have done a whole bit about it and that's like what they do in the comics pretty much. Oh, oh my yeah. God, that would have yeah. been a bit. You're right. Yeah, I, I, I think there were ways that they could have done that. I'm sure they will do that in the MCU yeah, they will. version of it <laughs> For where sure. like he goes and fights with the X-Men. There's yeah. no way they don't bleep him. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just to me, it seemed like this movie didn't really need an R rating and it probably would have done better. Not a whole bunch better, but definitely a little bit better as PG-13. Yeah, so I think it would. It's kind of weird that it they decided to make it R. Because n- none of the things that were in the movie that made it R rated, like were necessary for the story. Yeah. But that's why I loved it. Because it wasn't about the story as much as it was just like... Yeah, nothing (laughs) about this movie was about the story. (laughs) That's the point. I didn't think it should be. I thought it was like a great, fun take on it. It it was supposed to be just like fun. But there were like like two gruesome kills that probably made it rated R and then just like a bunch of F-bombs. Yeah. And maybe this wouldn't qualify it for rated R, but it was... Easily my favorite part in the whole movie. Can, are we spoiling yet? Oh, the drug scene? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. That wouldn't make it rated That wouldn't make it rated I loved that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that, too. Oh, really? my God. When she... <laughs> All right. Quickly, before we jump into that, why don't you guys just give your scores out of 10 for this movie, and then we'll jump right into spoilers. Do we do halves? I forgot. Yeah, Ian, you can do halves. Okay. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Easy. Any yeah. quantifier or qualifier or whatever. I thought it was is. a really fun movie, and I hope that there's more Birds of Prey well, movies. Then why not hire, or, huh? Well, I don't know, because the story wasn't that great. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> the characters were great. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Johnny. Um, Blow I, us away. I'm going to give it, like, a 9 out of 10. Okay. Um, Because I thought it did exactly what it set out to do. I don't... In my opinion, it didn't need some spectacular story to bring it to the 10. I think it needed just a little bit better writing to bring it to the 10. Yeah. That's what was missing for me. And But it did exactly what it was supposed to. Sweet. I'm going to be right with Ian at a 7.5, so we have you outnumbered. Unfortunate. No, I'm just so kidding. So weighted average? 
Uh, let's go big business. I'm not, no, I'm not doing it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not yeah. big business. <laughs> but I mean, for all the reasons Ian said, I think the characters are really fun. And, you know, this movie is kind of nothing, but it's a good type of nothing where it's just fun and you can enjoy it. And, you know, good representation and everything like that. I thought I thought it was good and mm-hmm. I didn't think it was annoying, which is what I was worried it was going to be. Yeah. So I love that that's your take on it because I was worried that you were going to think it was annoying too. Yeah. I will say, I, I said this when we left. Margot Robbie, 10% less acting sometimes, where it felt like there were points where she, it kind of took me out of the film, some of her acting, where I was like, oh, you're you're an actor acting like what we think a crazy person is supposed to act like, instead of actually watching somebody who's crazy and just a little off. Yeah. And I thought the moments where I kind of forgot that it was Margot Robbie being a character and just watching the character, those were the parts that I liked more of it. And to credit significantly more of those moments in this than in Suicide Squad, okay. where that's why I totally hated her character in Suicide Squad. I mean, yeah, Suicide Squad, she was just being like, she just told everybody, I'm we crazy, I'm different. Yeah, it was, it was awful. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, talk about poor writing. Yeah. Character <laughs> development by saying, I am this. Yeah. All right, let's move into spoilers for Burbs of Prey starting now. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Okay, guys, why does DC not trust its audience? Do you you know what I mean about that? Damn. So, you saw Joker. Yeah. You did not see Joker. Oh, to figure out what's going on? Yeah, I don't don't know why they do that either. It pisses me off so much. Especially because there were absolutely not kids in either of those movies. Like, they don't need to, like, spell it out for kids in these movies. Like yeah. they would in like a PG-13 or... PG-13. So I counted three moments in this movie where they spelled out either a joke or a massive plot point in this movie that was just bafflingly obvious that it really pissed me off. First one, the worst one, is when the girl's like, uh, Cassandra Kane. she's like, oh, I, I have your ring, and it shows the grenade ring, and then it flashes back to literally five minutes ago when she picked out a grenade and went, cool, and... That was dumb. I, You don't... Okay, whatever. The other one was when she makes a joke about um, Black Canary having a killer voice. And then at the end, when it's finally revealed that she has, quote, like, you know, an actually a killer voice, she goes, I told you she had a killer voice. That's yeah. annoying. No, I, I agree with you. I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything else to add to this. I, <laughs> no, but then the other one was, um, I thought it was cool when Ewan McGregor's character said to Black Canary that she was going to be his new driver. And in my head, I figured out, oh, she only got that job because Harley Quinn broke the legs of her former driver, right? But then they explicitly were like, oh, and if you remember, this is all because of me. And I thought that was super annoying. And it totally robbed the kind of revelation that the audience could have on their own of being like, oh, it's kind of cool that she's this agent of chaos Mm -hmm. that is kind of in each of these individual stories. Yeah. Mm. That's a take. I also feel like that's just like Harley's personality too. Just like you mean the personality that the writers wrote for her. I mean, that completely changed. Yeah, the that was just (laughs) a voiceover from Harley's head, though. Like it wasn't anything that she was actually saying. They could have just not had it. Yeah, (laughs) could have just muted it, and it would have been like, "Oh, cool! Wow, me as an audience member who has intelligent, free thought can come to this conclusion on my own." And I don't know it. So you saw. 
Ian, pointing at you, you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at the end when, slight spoiler, I guess, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when he torches the girl in the pool with the flamethrower? Yeah. That would be like Quentin Tarantino flashing back to when he pulls out the the flamethrower being like, oh, remember he starred in that movie and cut back to oh, the original. Oh, yeah, and he had the flamethrower? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> oh, that's where he got the flamethrower because I'm an idiot and I can't remember that yeah. from two yeah. hours ago. So, I don't know. I really pisses me off about yeah, these kinds I, of movies. I, I agree. Let's talk about more positive things. Johnny, why don't you tell me about that favorite scene of yours? Uh, the best scene was when <laughs> they are, in my opinion, when they are in the police station um, fighting with all of these bounty hunters that are after uh, Cassandra Kane, And Harley is pinned up against, I didn't like notice it at first, what she was like hiding behind while they shot at her, but it was just like, stacks a big pallet of like cocaine yeah (laughs) and they're shooting at her so the bullets go through it and it basically like makes it snow in there (laughs) and she like inhales hard through her nose hard sniff and then just gets this like wild look on her face and all of a sudden like gains the confidence and energy to just like do some more badass fighting yeah. What yeah. do you guys think in general about the fighting in this? Film? I thought it was really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job. It was um, clever. It, it was like not unoriginal. Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. But again, like you said, when we were walking out of the theater, I could go. I could go without the slow motion. Yeah, there's so much slow motion in this, and I feel like that's a Zack Snyder thing that DC just embraced that because it's in a lot of their movies. Although I did just watch Spider-Man: Far From Home, and there is one slow mo scene in that. So I, I forgot about that, I guess. So it's not just DC films, but yeah, well, it was it was almost slow-mo. every other uh like sequence. One slow mo is different than all slow mo. Like you yeah. can have one slow mo in an action movie. There were so That's many okay. yeah. slow motions in uh Wonder Woman, it was so annoying. Oh, I could not stand it in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. But I think overall I think the action in this is really fresh. I like that. It's hand-to-hand combat-y. That's always more interesting, I yeah. think. Definitely didn't make too much sense if he thought about it for too long. But No, yeah. yeah. It completely <laughs> falls apart because there are so many parts where somebody should shoot yeah. the other person. Yeah. And I, I wrote a whole bunch of nits, but we don't really have to get into no, that. No, I, I know. Yeah. I was just thinking about it when they were in the like the final act fighting. I was like, wait, all those guys had guns a second ago. <laughs> yeah. Or even just like the cop always has a gun and she's trying to chase Harley Quinn. She never shoots her in the well, leg or something. I just thought that was because they wanted Harley alive because she knows things about the Joker. Yeah, but why not shoot her in the leg? Cops don't do that. Why? They kill people. I don't know. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but have you ever seen Because she's white, right? Have you ever seen it have you ever seen it <laughs> have you ever seen them actually do that in a movie though? Yes. I don't know. Cops are bad in movies. They're idiots. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Know. Okay. Like they would they would just shoot and then kill the person. Yeah, but uh, so, I mean, there are some really good kind of ooh moments in this, I thought. And I like I loved the fight scene with Black Canary where she's beating up the dudes that are trying to kind of kind of trying to like date rape um, Harley Quinn. And she kicks the dude into the windshield. Oh, yeah. That was so that was cool. So I, yeah, she was amazing with kicking and using her leg. She was amazing. Yeah, I love also the when anything that Harley Quinn used the bat for. When she did like the mm-hmm. bat boomerang. Yeah, she threw it at the ground. Oh, that was so bounced sick. Up, hit the guy in the head. Yeah. Every, All part of that same coke scene. Yeah. Yeah. Everything <laughs> actually in that whole police thing was, you know, with the colors, with mm-hmm. the, the bean water. Bag. I didn't I know they were cool. bean bags. What was bean When bag? she shoots oh, the yeah. guns. What did you think they were? I don't know. They looked like slabs of salami. 
Or I like, didn't think they were like either that would have been crazy. They looked like um, they looked like Play-Doh balls or something. Oh, they were like they were supposed to explode. They weren't. They're like colorful. Like they they're not intended to kill. No, just... no, no. I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know that they were specifically bean bags. Yeah. Is that like a thing that she does in the comics? No, it's a thing that like people have though. Oh. Like when they want no- non-lethal shots and stuff. They shoot bean bags. Yeah. Oh, I did not know. That. I love how like, hers exploded with color bursts, and they were like though. rubber yeah. bullets and Big stuff. Big fan. Yeah, that was really fun. And then you you mentioned it really briefly. the The water scene I thought was really well choreographed. Oh, that was so cool. Although, yeah. Although again, it doesn't it make sense slow-mo. that all of them wouldn't just attack her at the same time. They were For really sure. considerate, vengeful criminals because they went one at a time after her. That felt like a video game. If you play like a yeah. DC video game, where like the beggars like, oh my turn, oh, oh. it like makes it easier. Yeah, I get it. It's like. <laughs> It's like an Assassin's Creed. Game I didn't need or some super realistic thing with this because I was just like having fun with it. I was like, yeah, I would like to watch Harley like beat up these guys one at a time with some like flips and tricks and splits. Yeah, and it was really well done. That scene's great. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some scenes at the end that I thought felt very Arrowverse to me. I don't know, Ian. What, you've seen Arrowverse in, films. In what way? Uh, in the sense that people you can you can kind of watch individual people, specifically the bad guys, and it looks like they are preparing to be hit instead of actually trying to kill the person oh yeah you you know like they've got a gun and there's very clearly a a chance for them to shoot the Mm -hmm, person mm -hmm. but it looks like they're kind of um bracing their body to be into the proper choreographed position for harley quinn to do a flip yeah i i know what you're talking and it's really distracting for me and then the other thing is she'll do these things where she kicks somebody in the foot and then they do a full front flip (laughs) Which yeah, have you ever, physically makes no sense. Have you ever I loved watched, that. Um, it didn't make any sense. Have you ever watched Power Rangers? I mean, yeah. <laughs> because it, that's what they do to like another level in Power Rangers. Like they they shoot somebody with like a laser, and then the person like blows up and flies five hundred feet or something, or they like they punch someone and then they fly. And yeah, it, it's that. It, it's all that very choreographed stuff, and they are so bad at making it look natural. Yeah. Yeah, like an Arrowverse, I guess. I never really noticed it in that, actually. But. And then also in Arrowverse, I feel like sometimes, specifically in the Arrow show, when you've got like 12 people doing hand-to-hand combat, if you look at people in the background, it does kind of look like they're just sort of like flopping around and stuff. Yeah. And there were a couple <laughs> scenes where multiple people were fighting in the same screen. And I was like, that's not very good choreography in the back. You're supposed to be focusing on what's in the front, but watching the people in the back, it looks like they're just kind of like, Doing the the episode one Star Wars, Star Wars stuff prequels where they're like where they're... flipping around and yeah, it's just like doing absolutely nothing but just kind of fucking silly, spinning around and waving. I totally agree. Around. Yeah, but I I do feel like I'm probably gonna be more negative about this film than I want to be. So just remember, I like this film and it's good. But there is a lot of problems with it that I think are really fun to point out and just I don't know. Um, you guys want to talk about the characters a little bit? Sure. What did you think about the kind of side characters? This film is very much a Harley Quinn film yeah. way before it's a Burbs of Prey film. I love Black Canary. Yeah. She's I thought she great. was great. I, I think I she had the she really the great, like, she was the second. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Like, there was Harley and then there was Black Canary. And the others, like, she was the, yeah. <laughs> the second so, character. Johnny, basically. I actually have a question for you because you haven't seen the Arrowverse stuff. You don't no. You don't read the comics or anything. Black Canary is a very big character in the Arrowverse. Um, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we knew the second that she was on screen that she had superpowers. Did that seem to come out of nowhere for you? Oh my God. Happened? It came out of absolutely nowhere. Were you confused? 
Uh, I know it made no, it made sense when she did that. Why? I mean, she had that scene where she was singing and broke broke the glass in the club. I thought that yeah, was just an epic regular voice. people can do that. And I also, thought... why would only one glass break? Um, they didn't show got... all the glasses. I don't. Yeah, I don't there know. probably was others. No, there was there was no. a bunch of other glasses um, all around. It was, because broke. it was next to Ewan McGregor. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> because. <laughs> but I didn't know she was like a. She was aiming it that way. She felt like know. just like a character who had a troubled past and learned how to fight for the entire movie for me. I was like, oh, she's just some like girl who got in trouble, got ended up with the wrong people, and now is making her living working for this like crime lord. And not some like actual superhero that's not just a good fighter, but also like has an ability. Not that she needed one to ha- like she could have just been like a I don't know, maybe this is like a wrong, but like a black widow. Does she have like any super like superhuman abilities no. no she's just like kind of a badass fighter not at least in the mcu right no, she's just fine. yeah and i thought black canary was gonna be like that yeah well so huntress is like that yes mm-hmm. you guys liked huntress too right yeah. i love uh, i love mary I elizabeth black canary was way better than yeah oh actually i have another question about black canary for you what do you think about the name black canary like um, what does a canary look like a canary is yellow oh okay I think they have multiple colors. So like, like there was a yellow canary, and then there's other kinds of canaries. But I think yellow is the common one. That's so like the like in, famous one from the science experiments. Yeah, yeah. But in the um, oh yeah, I guess I get maybe canaries can be black. But in the comics, black canary is white. Yeah, and I did they think call it was, her black canary though. Still, yeah, the name is exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they cast an African American woman to play black canary because I was trying to think, is that weird? But then you know, Black Panther, Black Lightning. Yeah, I've got two examples. It's definitely not <laughs> weird that they made her black. I thought she was like. I was just wondering if, like, because you didn't know the, the character, did you think that the black part of her name was because she was African American in the oh, same way that Black Panther is? As to like a non knowledgeable fan, as somebody who yeah. just like appreciates the movies. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, actually, yes. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I thought the canary, putting it all together, looking back until just now, I was like, black is because she's black, canary is because of her ability. Yeah. And black canary is more badass than, I'm yellow canary. It's like, no. <laughs> black I mean, canary. White canary is pretty cool too, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you're right. Wait, that sounded really racist. <laughs> <laughs> white canary is is a character and also. In <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Same universe? Yeah. yeah. What does she do? Same thing. I, I don't know. Uh, Same thing. There's like a billion canaries. There are two, I think. Right? I, maybe. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Honestly, Anyways, it almost felt independent. Like it didn't matter <laughs> that if she was white or black. I no, think they of course just not. cast an awesome actress. No, I of thought course she not. looked the part. She was badass, but like so stylish. Oh my God. I'm not over her outfit. <laughs> yeah. That was 100% the actress's choice, too. <laughs> yeah. I know. I love when the actresses get to choose their costumes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish, Ian, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say that I I just wish we got to see more of the the black, or not the black canary the um, the birds of prey characters that I sort of knew from the comics because, I mean the only one uh, the only ones that I knew from the comics that were in the movie were, I guess Huntress and Black Canary. Yeah. Um, but it originally started from like what I've seen in my experiences in comics. It's been. Um, Oracle, she was Barbara Gordon yeah. slash Batgirl. Um, it was her. I read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you know, you yeah. know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like her and, uh, 
Huntress, I think, yeah. started it. Or no, her and Black Canary. But it was like the three of them. And I would have really liked to see like Hawk and Dove come in also because they were in the series that I read and I really liked them. Um, but I guess they might get into like licensing issues or something because of Titans. I don't know. And Barbara Gordon probably yeah, can't God be forbid used because we have of Batman. Two of the same character. <laughs> but I, I just think that there are tons of uh, Birds of Prey characters that they could probably get into in the next movie, and that's what I'm really excited for. Yeah, I think I'm more excited for another Birds of Prey movie than I am for another Harley Quinn movie. Yes, you got that's, that. That's what I. That's what you I think mean. there's gonna be another Harley Quinn movie. I'm uh, positive. I would be really I, happy with that. I mean, she's going to pop up in everything all the time, yeah. for sure. Okay, I'm but, happy with that. Yeah. Harley, you will get your Harley fixing. Yeah. Yeah. I can never get enough. What about these other two characters that are not superheroes? You've got the uh, Renee Montoya character. Do you know of her from the comics? Yeah, yeah. She's a very common detective. She's always involved in everything. Yeah. yeah. I was reading, and she was ranked the 80th greatest comic book character of all time. Yeah, she's, by Wizard she's involved in a lot. What were your thoughts on her in this film? I thought she was less of a badass, actually, in the film than she has been in the comics. I, I was expecting more from her, actually. I I hated her character. Oh, really? I hated her and Cassandra Kane. I thought they were a complete waste of time. And, well, okay. Renee Montoya, I thought, was a waste of time. She contributed nothing to the film, in my opinion. Mm. Like, I just didn't care about her cop stuff yeah. whatsoever. And then also, she had she had one of the characters, like... Her story had one of the characters that I thought was the most unbelievably misogynistic out of everyone. All the men in this suck. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's fine because that's what they're going for here. And I don't have a problem for it because, like, I think, you know, Black Mask is, like, exceptionally an awful person in this. But he's the villain. But this dude, her, her partner, is just condescendingly a dick to her all the time. And there's this one line where she goes, yeah, there's one killer. And he goes, oh... You really think there's one killer that killed all four of these people? Deadshot exists in this universe. A guy who kills hundreds of people. Yeah, and I mean, also in our world, there are definitely things like that that happen. Yeah. Like, it, it, was <laughs> just, it was a Well, that was just one example of the poor writing. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. But I'm saying that whole character was yeah, just poor writing. Uh, wait, and I mean, he's barely in it. Cut out Renee Montoya. That dude goes. Like, how did and that I guy also, get a job? <laughs> yeah, also just... Saying that it's funny that she speaks in 80s cheesy dialogue doesn't mean that the dialogue isn't cheesy. Like pointing it out doesn't mean that it's any better. Like I, I just I didn't like anything that she said. I thought she was really boring every time she was on the screen. And I found it really hard to find her believable as a character that was in The Birds of Prey. Completely yeah. agree with everything except the like I did think that it was funny when they were like, and she talks like this, and then she said something cheesy. I thought that line could have actually been even more cheesy over the top. <laughs> I, I thought it was weak and not actually a good example of it. I was, they were yeah, like setting up for too. something better and funnier, and it was just pretty bland. Um, yeah. But agree, she's when they were like, oh, birds with play. She's like a trio now. I was like, no, no, Black Canary and Hunters, they're kind of badass. They go do their thing. Renee Montoya. Girl, you're out of your league. <laughs> yeah, she's a suspended cop. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I mean, it's not just because she doesn't have like a superpower. Because Hunter doesn't either. It's like you're just not. <laughs> I wish they saved that that uh, cop uh, stereotype uh, lingo joke for Jim Gordon in the future. Because honestly, I, I thought she was like. 
acting normal. Classic Ian wants the role to go oh, to a man. Oh my god. No, I'm, <laughs> Wait, I'm I just can saying, totally see Jim Gordon I, I, saying I'm something saying like really good after Jim, that too. Jim Gordon is always just like a very like vanilla um classic boy scout kind of dude who's always just very cliche. But I thought I thought Renee Montoya in the movie was just I thought she was saying normal things. I didn't think she was saying anything that could have made fun, be made fun of in that way. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, she I was just she was really just being bland. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was definitely bland, but I don't think like, yeah, I and didn't think the joke was funny. <laughs> if I, if I could have, yeah, no, it wasn't a funny joke. And if I, I mean, cutting her out of the movie would have given more time for Huntress. And I thought Huntress was really cool. Yeah. And I wanted to see more of her and Mary Elizabeth Winstead marry me. What did you guys think about Cassandra Cain? Oh, I just saw her as like the diamond for the entire movie. Right. <laughs> she's just like <laughs> the case that keeps the diamond. She was like in. the liter- she's a literal plot device. <laughs> well, yeah, but most plot devices can't act really poorly. So oh. I most plot devices can't they don't move. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the the scene where she wakes up in the car with Harley Quinn and she's like, "Uh, yeah, what's going on? I thought that was some of the worst acting I've seen. She's a kid, though. I looked it up. She actually is 13. Wow. So I feel bad for shitting on her. There are some really good 13-year-olds out there. Yeah, I know. not I've in this movie. Maybe well, we yes. should blame it on the writing, then. Okay. Yeah. No, but so... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's, let's actually talk a little bit about the script, because I do think that there's some pretty interesting things that the script does. I like... I, so with all these standalone superhero movies, there's this thing that scripts have to do that they kind of have to come up with a story that justifies why other superheroes aren't in it. And I thought this one did a pretty good job, mainly being like, what? no one really gives a shit about this. Every every now and oh, then I, yeah. I was sort of like, would Batman do this? No. He's not going to stop, you know, villains from fighting each other or whatever, yeah. right? You know, like, so it didn't really bother me that Batman wasn't in here. Not as good of an excuse for why Joker's not here. It kind of feels like Black Mask is just a substitute for Joker. Mm. But oh my god, I totally thought that Joker wasn't it solely. It felt like a budget cuts thing. It was like you needed to be better. You needed like one of those high profile Jokers. It really felt like that. Which I mean, hearing that they may not even like break even. Like I, I get it. Then I don't know if they projected. Dude, the... dude Margot Robbie has to be so expensive. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> Wait, think Ewan so right. McGregor is cheap by any also means either. True. So. You want great point. That's what I would, I'm just like my initial thoughts though were yeah. like, oh they're not they're not even gonna show like when they reenacted like the Harley Quinn like jumping into the um, acid or whatever, oh, and they yeah. showed like the Joker bringing him out, but just like from a back silhouette. So that's it, just because this... they want us to forget Jared Leto though. Yeah, did you guys see that tweet <laughs> that was like I don't know if it was a real tweet that Jared Leto tweeted out, but somebody took a screenshot of it and it was Jared Leto saying stop sending me shit like this, and it was a picture of. Heath Ledger with an Oscar and a picture of Joaquin Phoenix with an Oscar. <laughs> All you had to do was be the Joker and you get an Oscar. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I, I liked that part of the script. And then I thought that not being able to kill the kid because they needed to get the diamond was a nice way to make it so that the villains couldn't just straight up murder that kid. I think that's a logistical way to prevent that. I think these, so I some of these villains, villains, it felt appropriate if they would have just killed them. Well, all the other people, but I understand why they didn't want to kill the kid. Because like, for all you they didn't want know, Harley to kill the kid? No, they didn't want to just like kill the kid when they were raiding the clown house booby trap or whatever. Why wouldn't that? Because they don't know where the diamond is at that point. Oh, I see. Oh, they're only there to just like 
they're there to get the girl so that they can tell so that the girl can tell them where the diamond is. Yeah. So I thought yeah. that was like a smart little thing. Yeah, they didn't know that she ate it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Everything else in the script though is pretty bad. Like <laughs> nothing really makes sense. This plot doesn't make sense. Like why did Ewan McGregor let Harley Quinn go and then also send more people after her? Why didn't he just kill her? It to guarantee it, his chances of getting it or like try to guarantee his chances of getting the diamond if he has more people looking for it, he'll I mean, he had it guaranteed by sending 200 guys there. <laughs> yeah, it seemed kind of dumb. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> These are things I just like choose to overlook. There's There was one other thing that I thought was kind of weird about the script is that they set up these things so that they could be paid off for later, but the way they were paid off was really, really meaningless. So uh, unless you, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, Harley Quinn isn't like a rollerblader in the comics, is she? Um, I mean, I, I don't think she's a, I don't think she identifies as a rollerblader, but it'd be the kind of thing for her to do. But like, so yeah, they, they I, set I, up <laughs> personality. Well, they set up that whole whip me thing yeah. just so that she could get whipped in the end. And I was like, that's, that's dumb. That means nothing. That's just like somebody wrote a script and was like, oh, let me, let me reference this later. Ha ha ha. So let me write it earlier. And then same thing with the, um, Black Canary looking at the statue of Ewan McGregor. And then it got paid off by uh, yeah. he w- hid behind a stat. It was just yeah. like, it's kind of weird. I didn't even notice those things. Those two things you just, <laughs> those are not <laughs> like things I remember. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about specifically? Um, yeah, there was one uh, positive actually that I, I wanted to point out. Yeah, I'm about sorry. One positive. There were a lot <laughs> well, of positives. No, no I, I know. I very much liked this movie, but it, it is fun to pick. <laughs> but Something that I absolutely loved about this movie that they never touched on in Suicide Squad with Harley was how Harley, you know, had this past life where she was a, you know, sort of normal person. She got her PhD in psychiatry. Why are you looking at me like Psy- that? Do you know, it's like, is, is she's it a psychi- psychi- she's psych- definitely a psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. Is it psychology or yeah. psychiatry, though? Uh, oh god she See, became a psychologist yeah. yeah um but i think the ology is the phd okay i don't what i and, think they're two different things aren't they oh. i think they are yeah psych <laughs> yes psych. <laughs> nice um but i i loved that they showed those two different sides of harley where she would do like these flip-flops between um harleen and harley and she would psychoanalyze someone and then a second later go back to being like freaking insane. What that, was the part where she like psychoanalyzed somebody? I missed this um, throughout. The, the one that I'm specifically thinking of, of now is with Huntress. When Huntress was talking about how she was killing everybody who, you know, hurt her family. Um, and Harley was like, you know, getting revenge on people like this isn't going to fill that void in your heart or something like that. And it's not going to satisfy you the way that you think it will. Um, and then a couple seconds later, she's like, I love the way you fight, by the way, or something. And then in the scene when she first is talking to Cassandra Kane, she, uh, she's like, I'm not lying. And Harley Quinn says something along the lines of, I know you're lying because your pupils are dilated and you're looking away and all these things. So she's so yeah, she was yeah. actually using, mm-hmm. in, it, it showed that she was intelligent. Yeah. And she was just, crazy because she found to have out of acid and that's one of my favorite things about her from the comics and stuff like yeah that she has these two 
separate lives pretty much no i completely agree it was it was really well done mm. those those moments props to margo then too yeah that's what yeah. i'm saying yeah, yeah. yeah. well and and For i mean sure. give credit where credit is due to that part of the writing in the script yeah. i thought that was really good yeah mm-hmm. um and th- just in general i do like the little kind of subtle things that they put into the movie I, I thought it was really funny that when she had the business card one of her pockets there was a tampon in it <laughs> oh i totally missed that wow and that's just funny because yeah women carry around tampons all the time of course that would be in her pocket yeah, but they don't but you show never it. see that yeah. in, especially in a superhero movie so i thought that was really funny and a good thing that can only come from either a female writer or a female uh director would so like thought, notice and put that in like yeah. oh this would be a thing and the hair tie yeah, thing that, that was the thing i was thinking of yeah Dur- during one of the fight scenes harley passes a hair tie to black canary while they're fighting because her hair was getting in her eyes oh my god i remember that now <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow these are like so many details like yeah. that i like yeah That's there good. are little details the one other one that i want to point out that i really like uh kind of on a different line of thought is there's this whole narration that's going on during the movie and you think that it's kind of she's telling us the story um, in flashback form, right? But then there's one scene when she's ordering the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, which is hilarious. <laughs> Loved uh, that scene. I, and, I told my entire work team about that today. Yeah. <laughs> that scene. And I was in, like, this is worth something. <laughs> in the narration, she says something like, nobody makes a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich like Saul. And then as she's leaving the restaurant, she says out loud to Saul, I mean it, Saul, no one. Yeah, that was good, too. And I just thought that was so funny because <laughs> it means good. that she's narrating everything that she's doing in her head. Yeah. She's just like talking to herself. Yeah. And I thought that was a brilliant way to show that she's yeah. fucking loony. But it was really cool. I, in so, like a subtle way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the kind of stuff I Wait, wanted so more then of. That kind of contradicts the point you made earlier about like her saying like what she did like out loud. That is her character. Well, no, because you could just not do that. Because the whole point of that line is to tell the audience that or to make a joke about it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then, like, what's wrong with the other parts where she's like, oh, yeah, like, you only got the job because I broke his leg or something. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I don't like that part. No, but but you do like how she... Because that's something that we, the audience, already knew. We didn't know... At the beginning part in the with Saul that she was uh, narrating and speaking on the same like wavelength. Yeah, that line is intended to tell us something that we didn't know previously. Okay, so I the purpose of it, but then like you can't knock her for continuing to do that throughout the movie. But they didn't but have I to can. include it. They could they could include but like why, a, any number from... of any number of things that were going on in her head. They could have included, but they included something that we already knew. Yeah, they could I have mean, spent that time doing something else. Wait, okay, so it wasn't was like the utmost, as clever as it possibly could be. No, it was bad. Well, I, I, okay, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree, but okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I also got to talk about the hyena. I thought the hyena was actually really cute oh, yeah. and adorable. It made and it cute. I think it's so funny that she names it Bruce. Yeah, that was really funny. I would Why have, did she name it? I missed that. Why so she, she said it's ba- because of the hunky Wayne guy. Oh my god! Why did I miss that? That's hilarious. I I missed it too. I had to Google what she actually said, but yeah. I think it would have been even funnier if, if she was just like, "Yeah, I named him Bruce because I like the name," and didn't even reference Bruce Wayne. I would have completely I thought it would, missed that. I thought it would have been really funny if she was like, "I named him Bruce because that's Batman." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really funny. <laughs> that actually would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. With that, um, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's move along to our point two section where we talk about some of the other stuff we've been watching. Ian, what have you been watching? Yeah, I've been watching a ton of things, actually. But after this whole discussion, I, I decided I want to mention I've been watching uh, the DC animated show uh, Harley Quinn. And I think that show does everything that I loved about the Harley Quinn movie. And it does it so much better. I really? think it, it's so good. And I was I was very hesitant to watch it just because Kaylee Cuoco's in it and she's voicing Harley Quinn. Oh, it's not Tara Strong. No. Why? I don't know. Okay. But I I was like that was, that was, uh, I was insightful like insightful conversation. Uh, I was like, I, was like uh, I don't like Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it, it it's so funny. Um. Poison Ivy's in it. And the relationship between Harley and Poison is so funny. Um. They include little bits of the DC universe that like I barely even knew about. Like they include this character called kite man. His power that he brags about a lot is that he has a kite in his backpack (laughs) and it can like inflate so he can glide when there's a strong wind. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Um, But it's just tons of absolutely ridiculous things. And Harley shows off like the really zany side, but it's also very much about her past and who she was before Harley Quinn. I'm curious, um, maybe you know this and you can talk about kind of the comic background of it. How similar is Harley Quinn to Deadpool? Just not, not very similar at all, I don't think. No? So she doesn't do meta commentary or anything in this, like that? In this animated show, she does. Yeah. Um, I don't read enough Harley Quinn comics to say that she does in those. I don't think she she makes meta comments in, in okay. the comics. but. Um, something else that you reminded me of when we were talking about the movie though, is, you know, these are things that like the big superheroes are just not noticing. They don't care about Harley Quinn. And that's sort of like what Harley is so pissed off about in the animated show. Um, she's trying to get into the Legion of Doom. That's like the big, <laughs> like the big plot point of the Isn't show is the plot of Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah. It's, it's like the same as that pretty much. Cool. But it it's just like constantly about, um, Batman just like absolutely like shitting on her <laughs> and then they make like all the villains just make fun of her the whole time it's really funny cool yeah, and so this is on the DC universe right yes it is the thing that literally nobody has yeah that's the one cool <laughs> I mean hopefully it gets absorbed into like HBO Max or something like that I'm sure it will or they'll like give you DC universe yeah if that thing doesn't just go tits up in like two weeks. Yeah, but exactly. Is there <laughs> other stuff that you enjoy watching on there? Like, do you use yeah, that? Yeah, they, they release uh, like exclusive DC animated movies on there. Oh, okay. Um, they have all of the DC movies on there. They have all of the DC animated movies. They have all of the DC comics pretty much. Oh. Um. Yeah, there's a ton on there. Podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Cool. You should get on that podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is, what's the name of the show? Harley Quinn, I think. Creative title. (laughs) That is Harley Quinn on uh, the DC Universe or whatever. Buy it for like $12 or donate to charity. (laughs) Johnny, (laughs) what have you been watching? I watched Netflix new show, uh, AJ and the Queen. Um, I'm only like... I'll say only, but this is pretty fast for me. Like, I'm on five episodes in on this first season they just released. Did you quit your job? I know. This is big for me. But I'm also, like, kind of stopping because it's just, like, making me really sad. It's it's very... It's RuPaul. So it's, like, 
drag. It's over the top like that, but it's, I don't know. It's very real. It, it It's hitting home a little bit. So I don't know if I'm going to watch it while I'm, I need to just like, I, I've, I went to bed like sad so is after it... watching it. <laughs> really, you're really hyping this up for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm wow, not saying I you really should watch check it. it I'm just saying this is what I am watching. <laughs> yeah. So is it, this might be a really dumb question, but is it a comedy? I, Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, what? Is, it, is it a bad comedy? <laughs> um, wait, 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 wait. If you had to classify this following movie into a genre as comedy or not comedy, what would it be? Schindler's List. Oh my God, not comedy? Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Oh, that was right. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <Ian. laughs> oh my gosh. No, it is. It's It's like what a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, a lot of like, Queer media is, or that's like actually a great word for it. Uh, it's comedy. <laughs> yeah. What? Ah! It, oh! <laughs> is that what you're it's saying? It's raw. It's oh. funny, okay. and it is, but it's always gonna like hit back to the fact that like a troubled past is such a common thread in mm. the experience of yeah. um, queer individuals. So can you can you tell us a little bit about what the show is about? Just like okay, broad so it's strokes? about RuPaul, but he's. Is it he's actually playing himself? No, he's playing Ruby Red, a drag queen. That's okay. like basically him. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's Ruby like Red Miley is Miley Cyrus, like... who plays Miley Stewart in <laughs> Hannah Montana. Who plays Hannah Montana? Well, no, it's mostly Miley, <laughs> yeah. Miley Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm, more like yeah, more like Miley Stewart, who plays Hannah Montana. What? No, but Miley Stewart's not a real person. His name's Robert. So it's RuPaul playing Robert who plays Ruby Red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's exactly. So it's Miley Cyrus RuPaul playing Miley a Cyrus. version of herself. Also, a there's Miley a song Cy- out with it's Miley Cyrus and RuPaul called Catitude. Wow. And it's all about pussy. I totally. Oh. <laughs> cool. Can I say that on here? <laughs> That's no, literally dude. what they say. You fucking can't. <laughs> That's the one word. <laughs> pussy is the one word we don't say. I got PTSD from Cats the Musical. Yeah. <laughs> but basically it's about this drag queen Ruby Red and a some pretty significantly bad event happens in her life and she embarks on this like journey to on this like road tour to make money because she's actually broke because of this horrible event and partners with this uh, I want to say the kid's supposed to be like nine eight or nine so you get this like kid discovering drag and like looking at it through like a more innocent lens, but also this lens of like what society wants you to think drag is. Mm-hmm. So you get like both takes and it's um is it's it- not bad, but it's uh the writing is pretty poor. I don't love the script. Okay. But like I didn't expect a great script because RuPaul's drag race is just like supposed to be super cheesy. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what it's about. Cool. Um, it's not bad. I think audiences beyond just like gay audiences will like it, but, um, but it's mostly, it's a pretty queer thing. Yeah. Cool. So that is AJ and the queen on Netflix mm-hmm. and still can't get a vibe for this. Is this something you recommend or don't recommend? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you said you went to bed sad. I wouldn't recommend this to it's everyone. No. No. I you wouldn't don't re- recommend it? I think there were certain friends in my life I would. Okay. I wouldn't just be like, you have to see this. No, I don't think it's that kind of show. Maybe they're trying to make it. I feel like most- It is more mainstream drag than I've ever seen. Okay, cool. Even more so than RuPaul's Drag Race. Race. Which is arguably like 
like people know what that is. Like, yeah, white, yeah. white moms watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, white moms do watch that. <laughs> it, it always wins Emmys. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by that. always, I mean at least the last Emmys it won. That's always, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. I um, won't go on. Um, sad, deep, also really funny too. I've cackled watching it. It's you'll laugh, you'll cry. Okay, I'm still you very may confused. You may not have a good time, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> um, okay. I'm just bad at explaining things. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I think if you watched it, you'd understand that it truly... Maybe you wouldn't. I think they just hammer home on, like, things about myself. Like, my yeah, yeah. own thoughts about, like, myself. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's so real. Whereas, like, you may not even notice it. Totally Or maybe you would. Maybe I would. Ooh. Who knows? You don't know me. Who knows? I'm an enigma. <laughs> just kidding. I'm an open box. A box? It's open box? Don't people say open book? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm an open book. <laughs> Are you a big box? All right. All right. So what I've been watching uh, is a Netflix documentary. Johnny, I actually watched this with you. This is called Miss Americana. Just going to go have fun. No one out there that I know of in the audience actively hates me. Not get dead face. Ready to do this? Ready. Totally ready. Throughout my whole career, label executives would just say, a nice girl doesn't force their opinions on people. A nice girl smiles and waves and says thank you. I became the person everyone wanted me to be. I, I think that Taylor Swift, she is annoying. I have a model friend. She's too good. guys like a toy. She's too skinny. Nobody physically saw me for a year. And that was what I thought they wanted. I had to deconstruct an entire belief system, toss it out, and reject it. Didn't you get yelled at by some, like, Twitter, uh, uh, yeah, Taylor, like a Taylor Swift stan? No, they're <laughs> like a Taylor Swift stan. I, like, looked at their account, and they go to just everybody who shits on Taylor Swift and just, like... R- insults them okay so that's really weird so this is this is the documentary about taylor swift directed by lana wilson i i love taylor swift i think you guys can attest to that where every time we play smash bros on corneria i have my alexa play corneria street cornelia yeah whatever corneria Corneria exactly interchangeable Yeah. yeah anyways um so Guys, guys, I like Taylor Swift. No, but so I, my tweet wasn't even that negative. No, I gave it, it was like a seven like, out of ten. Yeah, or something. you gave it a seven. <laughs> yeah. So this is a documentary, and I basically it's one part propaganda, Taylor Swift propaganda, and another part political propaganda. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but this film is is really weird. I find Taylor Swift to be an incredibly fascinating person because she is the Jeff Bezos of celebrities. In the sense that, like, Jeff Bezos is a celebrity. Yeah, but in the sense that you've got billionaires and then you've got Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You've got celebrities and then you've got Taylor Swift. She is like a mega celebrity. Yeah. Like, probably one of the most famous people on the planet. Yeah, that's actually crazy to At think least that in she the is. celebrity sphere. There's so many people that love her. There's so many people that hate her for no reason, but nobody actually knows who she is. And she does a really good job at, like, creating this persona and kind of putting on this image and this act that is just kind of a continuous propelling of the Taylor Swift machine, right? Mm. And one of the things that's really cool about documentaries is that it should help you, it should be kind of like a peek behind the curtains. 
and it should be it should feel like a all access pass to Taylor Swift, right? But this documentary is kind of fun. I don't know if it's funded, but it's like you know Taylor Swift is in she's in agreement with the film. She knows that she's being filmed. So the whole time the f- documentary style or the whole time the way that it's filmed makes you feel like this really personal experience and you're getting the raw, real Taylor Swift, right? But there's no way that that's true. You know, she knows she's being on film and you know that, or she knows that what she's doing is going to affect how she's being perceived. Exactly. Well said. I find that to be really frustrating and weird because people are really stupid. And they're, I don't think, that, I mean, I think about how dumb the average person is. Like, they're not going <laughs> to, they're, they're just going to eat this shit up and be like, oh my God, Taylor Swift. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. think of it any, like, they're not going to second guess it whatsoever. People are just going to eat it up and be like, wow, Taylor Swift is so powerful for being so vulnerable in front of a camera. And it's like, is she? So it makes everything in this film really, really dubious So, to me. So like- what you mean There's is an like, ulterior it, motive to everything she does. So, like, if anybody ever like criticizes Taylor Swift as a person, somebody's going to be like, "But have you seen Miss Americana? That gives a look into her true life." You're yeah. wrong. Or sort of like, so a large portion of this movie is about kind of her political stance that she started to take in the last couple of oh, years. Okay, which I think um, is great. I think that musicians should and celebrities in general should use their um, fame and reach to preach about things that are important to them um but it it's really hard to tell there's this one scene where she's just kind of like profusely arguing with her parents and some of her male uh producers and shit about whether she can go public about supporting this democratic candidate in tennessee and it feels weirdly disingenuous because she knows she's on camera she knows that this documentary is being made so it makes me think how much do you actually care about these issues or are you are you trying to cash in on woke culture right now mm-hmm. and give a vibe of yourself that is more caring about things than others and i'm not saying that you can't like i'm not saying that taylor swift doesn't feel like that it just feels really weird yeah i get that to, you know johnny you saw this what do you, what are your thoughts on it in general what you just said <laughs> yeah. i'm not going to read like exactly I feel like that. that's just gonna be it would be super difficult for it not to feel that way though yeah that's just like the nature of being movies and new movies and documentaries though everybody knows that they're on camera and i mean i guess especially with taylor swift though because of she's who she is she's gonna care more about how she's portrayed than the average person in a documentary i guess yeah i guess i just have a harder time believing like so if you were to do a documentary on some random person in a music hall i don't think that you would have to get contractual obligation to that they have final say in everything that you put in the documentary for example whereas i am very certain that she that did. this entire documentary went through a vetting process of if not taylor swift then the people on her executive yeah, board committee I that see. decide whatever she says i see what you mean you know I thought you meant just her acting on camera. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so that too. But just in general, it does feel very weird to have this documentary. It's almost giving Taylor Swift credit for something that she's not actually doing. Yeah. But maybe she is. I get that. I get that. That's the whole thing is like, I don't know. And that's sort of tragic in a way that like 
no matter what she does, you can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I you know that. that and it it's only because of how much of a celebrity she is. So maybe I'll watch it. Yeah. Johnny, do you recommend this documentary? If you mm. like Taylor Swift would Yes, I I do. Okay. Still. Like yeah. despite all that, you, you take that I think it'd be good to know that going into it, although you'll probably figure that out yourself while you're watching it. Yeah. I think you need to be a skeptical person watching the documentary. Okay. Um, but there is some really insightful things and there's a lot of things that I actually didn't really realize were as huge of a thing as they were to her. Um, like so she talks about a sexual assault case mm-hmm. that she had to go through. I don't know if you remember that. But a, like if oh, radio I DJ that. That broke was huge it. to her. Yeah. Yeah. I, remember I remember that, that when it happened. But I don't yeah. remember I don't know. It it is interesting to hear her talk about it in yeah, retrospect. For sure. okay. Um and then there is some like behind the scenes stuff of her making music, which is really cool. There's okay. a scene of her and Brandon Uri. Oh really? For me. Talking about me. Okay. Yeah. And kind of coming up with it. And I don't again, I don't know how much of it is staged, but it feels pretty genuine and it's really cool. So there are those moments for like the people that just want to watch documentary stuff, but there is this sort of weird sort of take everything that you see with a grain of salt mm-hmm. because there's a good chance that somebody put all those things in there on purpose and also decided what Taylor Swift was going to wear in each of these things yeah. and also allowed certain things that she said to be included and probably things that she didn't. Okay, I see. You know, um, you also get to hear Taylor Swift say fuck, which is wild. Multiple times. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yep. she cusses. It's crazy. Ooh. Yeah. So watch it just for that. Wow. Yeah, I'll skip to the swearing parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is Miss Americana. Really, really interesting documentary, if not a great documentary, I think. Do you, you agree with yeah. that? Yeah. I just also want to say, like, the skepticism of it, like, w- looking into it with this, like, but is it real? Is it actually Taylor? That also fuels the Taylor Swift machine. Yes. So whatever she's doing, like, I'm not against it. It's a critique, but it's like the fact that it's like, no, this is a real me. I'm actually like a good person. And it's like people are like, hmm. And it's like the people saying, hmm. Oh, yeah. Cha Chang, baby. Like, yeah. She's just even more like these like people on these Twitter stands can fight with people. There, There's just always going to be like there is no person with like more public eye yet also like more mystery around and people love to talk about the mystery of her yeah at the end of the day i feel like i can only get so mad at her if it is all fake because she's still bringing light to like a lot of big issues so yeah well and that's that's another thing that i think that the documentary does do a pretty good job at showing is that she has been around since she was 14 yeah you know and that fucks you up a little bit like it must be so hard to get close to people and to actually experience real emotions when you know that everything you do is going to be scrutinized by not just the people that work for you, but everybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. And you do one, one wrong thing and you've got millions and millions of people calling you a bitch. Yeah. Like that is something that she talks about. And she talks about how she had like an eating disorder for a little while where people would be like, she's too skinny. And so it, there are very, very good moments in this documentary. I think it is really interesting. So one of the things that she's been speaking up a lot about is uh, she's been using her voice specifically to focus on both women's rights and then LGBTQ plus rights. And I think so like, I mean, I don't really have a horse in this race, um, so it's sort of (laughs) weird, but like 
I, I think it's really great that she's using her, um, her reach to have important messages. But then there's a lot of people that kind of came out and criticized her, especially when she released the song, You Need to Calm Down, mm-hmm. about being like, oh, wow, Taylor, like, you know, you're really, you know, this isn't your fight or you need, you need to step back and stop being, quote unquote, a white savior to yeah. LGBTQ people. How do you feel about that, Johnny? I'm just curious. This is just another thing that contributes to that enigma around her. It's like, on one hand, I love that you need we need allies speaking yeah. to issues like this. Um, but at the same time, like, oh, it's just not your place. You're just you're trying to force this thing. You're trying to be this like, oh, yeah, the gays love me kind of thing. Yeah, it does feel almost disingenuous. But yeah, but honestly, like, I don't think it is. But I, I don't think it is. And so it's like, again, this, the fact that there's a conversation about this, it just can, can, contributes to it. But the one thing I do like that she does is that she does uplift very prominent um, queer voices, too. Like in the music video for You Need to Calm Down, she has the fab, uh, five from Queer Eye. Um, she has, I mean, okay, there's another polarizing character, but Tadra Call, another, I mean, she, you know, she has all these, she's lifting them up, too, who are truly lgbt like they're in the queer community so that feels better it it was actually like i liked that on top of it but there it does feel like there is some level of i am just like the voice of the gays yeah so would it be better for her to just not speak out about it or is it no that's the thing like it's what she's doing is better yeah so Especially with her legions of fans, yeah, that will like grow up because they are. Most of her fans are probably like younger than us. I mean, I know she has older fans too. I dated a guy who was obsessed with her. He's like twenty five. My mom's obsessed with her. Like I'm a, obsessed with her. I'm twenty four. Well, no, I guess I'm not no, obsessed. I'm not saying like there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying yeah. like she has fans of all ages, but she has a very large fan base that is like teenage girls. Well, and the crazy thing in the documentary that like kind of blew my mind was when they said that after she said, go out and vote and don't vote for this Republican, like the amount of people that registered to vote nationwide in the uh, 24 hours following that was greater than in the entire month before. And that's all 18 plus. So that's fair. Yeah. No, she definitely have this. She definitely has um, a positive impact that I'm not going to deny and I think with this documentary, the big theme that I was getting was, okay, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And also Taylor Swift is not perfect. And you cannot hold her to this like standard of like, if everything she does is going to be good or bad, or is it like, did she do it? Cause she's genuinely concerned about that. It's like, I don't even want to get into it. I know I just yeah. did get into it. Like, is it good or is it bad? It's like, at the end of the day, like she's just doing her. But is she though? Or yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I think she, I mean, okay, that's that's fair. But at the end of the day, she's doing something. Yeah, she's she's doing something. She's doing things. Yeah, and it seems reasonable. I'm not mad about that. Awesome. And you can't be. You can't criticize her, like for her status. Yeah. Like she is celebrity. She's the celebrity, like you said. Like. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, with that, why don't we? Uh, end the episode. This has been our review of Burbs of Prey. 
And Johnny, also Miss Americana, apparently. Yeah, apparently we just went on a huge... I don't even know how long that was. Not point two. Yeah. Some point twos are very long. I can attest to that. I will <laughs> say fair, that. That's fair. That's like, fair. No. So anyways, thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, as always, is there anything that either of you wants to plug? Um, follow me on Instagram. My handle is... Oh, I deactivated that. Uh, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> don't have Twitter. I don't use Facebook. Buy your premium Snapchat channel. Follow him on the street. Follow- oh my God, please. Yeah. Let's have a party on the street. Okay. I want some groupies. So yeah. All right. Ian, how's the uh, Twitch streaming going? Twitch streaming is going pretty well. Yeah. Follow me at Hobby Jogger on, on Twitch. Okay. Awesome. Like just H-O-B-B-Y Jogger? Yeah. Okay. It's that easy. Wow. You were the first one to get that? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, nobody wants to identify themselves as a hobby job. <laughs> or apparently, nobody on Twitch runs. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> both shocking facts. Got them. <laughs> the intro music for this episode is a piece called Work by Kevin McLeod, and you can find more of his work at incompetech.com. If you'd like to keep up with this podcast and find out when we release new episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at MovieMarapod or on Facebook at facebook.com slash MovieMarapod. That's Movie M-A-R-A pod. And you can always reach out to us at our email, moviemarathonerspod at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast on Podbean at moviemarathoners.podbean.com. And we are also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. So please subscribe or write a review if you like what we're doing. And any feedback you have to help improve the podcast is always appreciated. Thank you all for listening. And we hope you'll join us again next time when I am joined by Rosa from Rosa's Reviews to discuss the fantastic film Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That should be a great conversation. Stay tuned for that. Until then, bye. Au revoir. Bye. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling-Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts.